Hi, it's JP Mac, and welcome to Liberty Relearn, not just another conservative blog. Hi, everybody, and just like that, through the magic of video, I now have my headphones on, so I'm ready to go. So let's start the podcast. We got a couple things to talk about, a couple of interrelated subjects to talk about. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is the Durham Report. The Durham Report, of course, goes over the uh, mishandling or malfeasance, however you want to call it, of the uh, what's basically called, what's basically known as the Russian collusion hoax. That hoax that um, was perpetrated by members of the deep state and Hillary Clinton's campaign to paint a uh, picture of Donald Trump as being uh, bought and sold by the Russians, by Putin. And this was done in order to distract from their own scandal about the, um, about the uh, email scandal, about her emails and having classified emails on unclassified server. And so during the 2016 a presidential campaign uh, the Clinton uh, the, the Clinton campaign put out this thing called you know the steel dossier and then um, it's and that developed into this whole thing now that uh, we know as the uh, Russian collusion hoax and so what the Durham report does is basically outline the uh, machinations of the hoax itself, how the hoax was perpetrated, and how the um, members of the deep state, particularly the FBI and the DOJ, and of course the liberal media, all uh, colluded with the Hillary Clinton campaign to interfere in the 2016 election. And so uh, there's been a lot of good reporting on the uh, Durham report. Uh, some of it has come from uh, one of my favorite sources, uh, Just the News, which is John Solomon's operation. Um, love a good, and of course, I like his uh, reports because they're pretty much only a few pages. Um, so it's easy enough to read in a podcast and talk to you about. And so we're going to jump right in on that first. And so this article, again, comes from uh, Just the News. is called uh, British Intelligence Found FBI Russia Collusion Probe So Absurd It Stopped Helping. Special Counsel John Durham released his 300-page report last week on the origins of the Trump-Russia collusion probe. Um, other people, of course, know it as the Russia collusion hoax. But, you know, he has to have some semblance of objectivity. Um, so he's, he's being diplomatic with his... Um, characterization of this. But anyhow, uh, the article begins, British intelligence expressed skepticism about the FBI's investigation into the Donald Trump campaign's alleged ties to Russia in 2016 and eventually became so concerned it stopped cooperating, according to evidence made public in special counsel John Durham's recent report. Durham released his 300-page report on the origins of the Trump-Russia collusion probe on Monday, representing the culmination of years of investigations. That report excoriated the FBI for pursuing the investigation without possessing any significant evidence of wrongdoing. Intelligence officials in the United Kingdom evidently shared Durham's assessment contemporaneously. Okay, and by the way, in this article, 
which I recommend in uh, Just the News. Uh, it does have a link to the entire 300-plus uh, page Durham report. Um, a lot of it, like I, it's you, know, you can basically just cut to um, the synopsis on in like the first chapter or the first couple of pages, and then the conclusion. Um, but if you want to read all 300 pages, um, and you'll probably learn a lot. It's not really a page turner the way it's presented, but then it's meant not meant to be. So. And, you know, continuing on with the article, uh, Durham highlighted an exchange between an intelligence official and the FBI's legal attache office in London, ALAT, in which the latter relayed concerns about the flimsiness of the evidence, especially as it related to former Trump campaign aides George Papadopoulos and Carter Page. Of course, those are the two who are in the center or kind of at the genesis of this whole thing. And basically, uh, George Papadopoulos and Carter Page were, you could say, misrepresented in the investigation, the Crossfire Hurricane investigation. Um, so anyway, um, maybe we'll find out a little bit more. Um, so getting back to the article, um, so it says, quote, Dude, we are telling them, British Intelligence Service 1, everything we know, or is there more to this? He asks, Supervisory Special Agent 1. That's all we have, not holding anything back. That was the reply, prompting ALAT to retort, Damn, that's thin. So, you know, Agent 1, um, talking to, I guess, I don't know, Agent 2, another agent, about the uh, evidence they have so far about Papadopoulos and Page. And basically, their, uh, the ALAT's response was, uh, damn, that's thin. And it goes on to say, uh, the FBI, Leggett in London, quote, went on to tell the inspector, inspection division that in discussing the matter with a senior British intelligence service one official the or was that I I don't know um, the official was openly skeptical said the FBI's plan for an operation made no sense and asked the UK ALAT one why the FBI did not just go to Papadopoulos and ask him what they wanted to know. A sentiment UK ALAT 1 told investigators that he shared, he wrote. The Brits' concern escalated throughout 2016 and 2017, eventually resulted in a UK intelligence officer refusing to aid the FBI any further Durham's report revealed and so there you go that this whole uh story about russian collusion and uh probably the steel dossier at, at this point was just so ridiculous and their evidence was so flimsy that the the brits just said you know what we're not we're not doing this anymore you guys are on your own and so that was their their reaction, their their visceral and, and turns out correct reaction, I would say, to the whole Russian collusion hoax. And so further in the article it says retired FBI intelligence chief Keith Brock told Just the News last week that the Dor that Dorham exposed just how much the discredited Russia collusion probe Quote, disrupted the country and besmirched the good reputation of the FBI. The FBI essentially was hijacked by a handful of senior executives who had an agenda, who did not like Donald Trump, and who used the awesome powers of the FBI to launch 
and investigation against all policy, against all legal guidelines and restrictions that would prevent the misuse of the FBI, Brock said. Uh, former Pentagon Chief of Staff Kash Patel, who helped unravel the Russia collusion narrative as a senior House Intelligence Committee lawyer, said the bungled probe clearly has hurt America's reputation on the world stage. He says, people can't look to America and be like, how do you install a uniform, singular system of justice anymore, Patel noted. And, quote, and John Durham's report affirms that by how our allies, our greatest ally, Great Britain, looked at us and said, wait a second, you can't even run an investigation properly. Please leave us out of it. We want nothing to do with it. And it goes mentioned that Ben Whedon is an editor and reporter for Just the News. So there you go. Good uh, short story by John Whedon or Ben Whedon. Um, so that tells us well the the Durham report uh, basically tells us everything that we already knew from all different sources that the Russian collusion hoax was just that. It was a big hoax. It was cooked up by the Clinton campaign and further backed by and uh, perpetuated by our intelligence services and um, propagated by our liberal media, our mainstream media. And so you have this collusion of these three groups the uh, Clinton campaign, the FBI, and, or, or intelligence service, deep state, if you want, and the liberal or left-leaning media or mainstream media. So you had that dark triad um, in operation. Of course, you had that same, basically the same dark triad uh, in operation uh, a few years later when they when they pre-bunked the uh, Hunter Biden laptop story and said that it ha had all the the earmarks uh, or all, all of the hallmarks of a Russian disinformation campaign, when in itself it was a disinformation campaign. Both the whole Russian collusion hoax that was misinformation and disinformation and also, uh, four years later, approximately four years later, we had the Hunter Biden laptop, the laptop from hell, um, and the attempted debunking or pre-bunking of that by the uh, intelligence officials. Again, that was traced trace back to, uh, I believe it was Secretary of State Blinken. So... You have these two colossal uh, attempts to interfere with elections based on disinformation and misinformation. And so that's basically the uh, Durham report in a nutshell. And so now I want to read directly from the Durham report itself. So this is part of, I guess, a summary that comes at the very end of the report. And really, so those of you who want the Cliff Notes version, you can just skip ahead and basically um, read the last few pages and you'll get the gist of the entire thing. So... Um, Towards the end, you have uh, a section on bias or improper motivation. Uh, talks about a lot of, uses the term confirmation bias a lot in the report, suggesting that the FBI had this conclusion of nefarious intent on the part of Trump and his campaign. And everything, and so everything 
that all the evidence that they found or everything that they found uh, supported that conclusion. Um, so in other words, or they, it, they assumed that it, everything that they saw would be in support of that conclusion or confirm their bias, confirmation bias. That's what that is. So the report uses that uh, term a lot. So now I just want to read what's basically one of the last parts of the report. It's on page 305 of the report where it's, again, it's giving a summary of what occurred. And again, John Durham is being very generous and diplomatic um, how he addresses the issue. But... Um, allow me to interpret for him um, what he meant. Um, so this is fr directly from the Durham Report Now, page 305, uh, where it says, given the foregoing and viewing the facts in light of most favorable to the crossfire hurricane investigators, it seems highly likely that at a minimum confirmation bias played a significant role in the FBI's acceptance of the extraordinarily serious allegations derived from uncooperated information that had not been subjected to the typical exacting analysis employed by the FBI and the other members of the intelligence community. In short, it is the office's assessment that the FBI discounted or willfully ignored material information that did not support the narrative of a collusive relationship between Trump and Russia. Similarly, the FBI Inspection Division report says that the investigators, quote, repeatedly ignored or explained away evidence contrary to the theory the Trump campaign dot 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 had conspired with Russia dot 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 in it appeared that dot 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 there was a pattern of assuming nefarious intent an objective and honest assessment of these strands of information should have caused the FBI to question not only the predication for crossfire hurricane, but also to reflect on whether the FBI was being manipulated for political or other purposes. Unfortunately, it did not. And so I just want to um, reread those last couple of sentences again. Uh, where it says, an objective and honest assessment of these strands of information should have caused the FBI to question not only the predication for crossfire hurricane, but also to reflect on whether the FBI was being manipulated for political and other purposes. Unfortunately, it did not. And so maybe a less generous way of putting it is that the FBI uh, allowed itself to be duped. And in fact, maybe took an active role in the uh, misleading of the press and of the American people in order to achieve an outcome that they desired, which was they were trying to uh, not allow Trump to be elected president, which of course failed. Um, but then later efforts on their part in 2020 succeeded to a greater degree when they got um, basically all reporting of the Trunner, the uh, Hunter laptop uh, story um, basically uh, thrown away or dismissed or you know, you weren't even allowed to share the New York Post story on the Hunter Biden laptop 
or else your Twitter account was suspended. And of course, other social media um, like Facebook um, didn't outright ban people from sharing it. They just um, reduced the visibility of that particular thing so that your, your reach was to lesser and lesser people. And so that is the the nut uh, the uh, Durham report in a nutshell. Um, basically, it says and it says it's being generous when it says you know it uh, ignored uh, evidence that was sculptory um, towards the Carter Page and Papadopoulos, and it it uh, ignored any information that was may have been exculpatory towards Donald Trump and his campaign. And so basically what they had is they had this foregone conclusion, right? And they, they had this thesis that said um, Donald Trump is a Russian asset. Now we're going to go back and try and prove that and find any information that will prove that. And of course, they found things like the Steel dossier. That was all, you know, basically a lot of it was made up stuff that uh, was coming, was paid for in part by the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign. And so there was a lot of stuff going on. And the other part is um, where it says. Uh, Similarly, the FBI Inspection Division report says the investigators repeatedly ignored or explained away evidence contrary to the theory the Trump campaign had conspired with Russia. It appeared that there was a pattern of assuming nefarious intent. And so, and again, that's being generous. You're just assuming nefarious intent, what I think really happened was that the Clinton campaign and the deep state and the mainstream media all colluded to create the appearance that uh, of nefarious intent. So that it wasn't that they were assuming nefarious intent necessarily, you know, a more jaded person uh, might say, might suggest that the purpose was to paint an a nefarious intent where there was none and where there was no collusion really whatsoever. And so that is, again, a very uh, foreshortened version of the Durham report and of the greater uh, Russian collusion hoax that even the Brits eventually saw through. Um, as the early article stated, the, the British intelligence services said, you know, this is very flimsy. We're not going to pursue this investigation. Why don't you just go ask this guy the questions instead of having all this machinations and and spy cuff craft going on, just go to the guy and ask him the questions um, you want to know. Um, of course, the the uh, FBI probably was afraid of what they would find if they went asked directly. Um, so they had to create this whole drama and they, that they called Operation Crossfire Hurricane. And so... This shows us that, uh, number one, that there is, in fact, a deep state. I think there can be no denying that now. I mean, I don't care uh, how, if you love Trump or hate Trump or are completely indifferent to Trump. Um, you have to admit the existence of a deep state. And the deep state, in this case, uh, actively worked to influence negatively the Trump campaign or to influence the 2020 and the, and the 2016 elections. And so, of course, now we have an election next year, the 2024 presidential election, 
And we can pretty much surmise that after basically being no punishment for, for their bad acting now, that the deep state will continue on with their efforts, seeing that there's no repercussions for their bad actions. And so that is something that we're going to, I guess, have to watch out for. Um, you know, what, is, what does the deep state have planned for Donald Trump now? Um, Donald Trump is, I think that the strategy this time around for 2024 is to level indictment after indictment. Of course, there will be spurious charges. Um, they'll be very on flimsy grounds, flimsy legal grounds that they make these charges. Uh, most likely Trump will be found innocent or the verdicts will be thrown out in court. But the object will be to get uh, Donald Trump uh, hopping from court to court to court all throughout uh, 2024 when he should be on the campaign trail campaigning. And so that's probably their strategy now is just to wear out the Trump campaign and just suck up the time to campaign by keeping Donald Trump and uh, his lawyers in court instead of the, the campaign trail. And so that's my working thesis. Now, where does the deep state fit in with that? Or do they just sit back and watch all of this happen and just help out where they can? Um, I think that, that they're just going to kind of aid... Um, they might have some sort of disinformation campaign of some sort of another. Make sure that the news gets out to the outlets, uh, all of these news outlets. And some of them are newly created news outlets uh, for the purpose of carrying negative Trump stories. They, that's basically their entire purpose is to carry all of these negative Trump stories. So that's what their plan is now is basically... Just keeping uh, Trump hopping, jumping from trial to trial, spending, wasting all of his campaign time in court. And I think that's what they're going to try and do. So now I'm going to move on to a different but related story, as we will see. We have apparently a... Um, member of Congress um, proposing legislation, uh, basically, um, let's see, um, it says the legislation, this is also, this is coming from OAN, One America News, uh, from Sunday, May 21st, so this is new from today, and this is something that I wanted to concentrate Originally on the Durham report the whole time that was going to be the focus, but then I saw this and I was like wait what they want to do what? <clears throat> and so I want to read uh, to you this article from OEN news and It's entitled Bennett Presents bill for new federal agency to enforce misinformation and hate speech by Americans and uh, it says that a proposed measure by Democrat Senator Michael Bennett would provide a new federal agency the authority to establish a council that would define quote enforceable behavioral codes for AI and social media platform. The council would also have, quote, disinformation specialists on its platform. So I just want to ask, particularly the viewers of the show, um, if this reminds you of anything. Um, yeah, maybe the uh, uh, Ministry of Truth. I thought we went through this before, right? Um, 
with what's her name, uh, Jankowski, uh, Nina Jankowski, I think was her name. She was appointed to be the head of what became known as the Ministry of Truth, euphemistically, um, the Disinformation Board. And, of course, we saw through that and basically ended that, you know, the uproar said no. But, yeah, so here's this guy, uh, Senator Michael Bennett, who, of course, is a Democrat, no surprise there, wants to create this misinformation, disinformation board. And so, also in the article, it says... Um, the legislation which would establish a federal organization, like like we need another federal organization, right? Uh, we it's not like we don't have too many already. You know, we would love to get rid of a couple like the Department of Education, maybe pare down some of you know the FBI. You know, split that up into smaller groups. And here is this person wants to form another agency that the American ta taxpayer will have to pay for. Um, so it says, the legislation would establish a federal organization tasked with monitoring public discourse 24-7 in order to combat, quote, hate speech and misinformation has been submitted to the Senate. The Digital Platform Commission Act, DPCA, was proposed last week by the Colorado Senator, of course, Colorado, you know, figures again, with the support from Peter Welch, Democrat Vermont. It would develop a de facto mystery of truth called the Federal Digital Platform Commission. According to Bennett, his proposed bill would also, quote, create an expert federal body empowered to provide comprehensive sector-specific regulation for of digital platforms to protect consumers, promote competition, and defend the public interest. According to the proposed plan, the agency would have five commissioners who would be chosen by President Joe Biden and then approved by the Senate. So... Again, this obviously, unless we go crazy, is not going to fly. So, but the fact that this person is even thinking about that, um, when it's so clearly Orwellian, I mean, you would think that to the Democrats and to the left, this is uh, not a warning, but an instruction book or a how-to book. I mean, it's... It's just incredible. And you you will notice that the, the left's uh, obsession with misinformation and disinformation. And what that, of course, comes down to is just like in Orwell's 1984, it's to control the speech that is loud. Because if you can control the speech, you the theory goes you can control the thinking of the person. And if you just forbid certain words, then certain thoughts cannot arise. And that's the theory put forth in 1984. And again, uh, this person apparently uh, mistook this book for a, an instruction manual. But there they go again. Um, again, they have this obsession with misinformation and disinformation and you know of course you know the the people who control the most of the media and they control a large chunk of the government and they control the deep state you know of course they want to because they can control they can be the ones who enforce what they can do now of course this whole governing body would be outright uh, against the First Amendment. Um, it would just totally would not stand up against any challenge, any First Amendment challenge. Because basically, 
is the government telling what Americans can say and can't say? And trying to literally, I mean, they literally want to regulate the speech of American and what you can put in a blog. Now, remember, um, we we just talked about the Durham Report. The Durham Report um, talks about the Russian collusion hoax. And that itself was a a giant um, exercise in disinformation and perpetuated by the deep state. And of course, Durham Report goes on a lot about how the FBI had its part um, in the, the propagation of this hoax. And so that in itself, so we have evidence now that the deep state, the government, is putting out disinformation so of course they want that to be the gospel and anything else you hear to be considered heresy or suspect now just think about in in other things um the hunter biden laptop um you had the 51 uh, intelligence officials saying that it had all the hallmarks of a Russian disinformation campaign. Well, that in itself was disinformation. Now, that would have been allowed, right? Presumably. Um, Does anybody have any illusions that this um, new board, this new government agency, wouldn't have allowed that and um, would have supported the suppressing of the Hunter Biden laptop story? Because if you can call that disinformation, remember, you have all these experts, some of them who might be on this new board, right? Um, Saying, well, no, this has all the hallmarks, all of the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. When, in fact, the um, pre-bunking itself, we know now, was in itself disinformation meant to discredit the Hunter Biden laptop story and how that would, of course, tie a lot of things, not just to Hunter Biden, make him look bad in the middle of a campaign, presidential campaign. Now, remember, this is like an October, November time frame that all this happened in 2020. You had the New York Post article come out. And right away, Twitter, before Elon Musk, um, basically didn't allow the propagation of this apparently truthful uh, news reporting to um, go on. And we know now that from the Twitter files that the the uh, deep state, I think it was the FBI specifically, came to uh, Twitter and said, oh, by the way, be on the lookout for some uh, Russian disinformation. And then, and voila, you have a couple weeks later, you have uh, this letter from, well, you have the, the New York Post story about the Hunter Biden laptop from hell. And then immediately after that, you have this uh, letter. And we know now that that letter that was supposed to discredit the Hunter Biden or, or you know, pre-bunk it, the, the purpose of that letter was to give Biden a talking point because they knew that that was going to come up in the debate. All right. So there was an upcoming debate between uh, Biden and Trump, and they knew Trump was going to be talking about that. And they wanted to neutralize this threat ahead of time, ahead of the debate. And so, of course, Biden can say, well, the FBI, these intelligence experts say that this is likely uh, disinformation, and you shouldn't trust it. Um, when, of course, we know all that was BS, and that was really the fact, and more and more is coming out um, to establish that fact, um, that everything from the Hunter Biden laptop was um, was true. And then other corroborating evidence from sources um, one of uh, Hunter Biden's business um, associates um, in the know 
uh, Bobrovsky, I believe his name was, um, stated that, you know, he's talking about, you know, there was setting there was set asides this money from this deal and there was saying 10% was going, well, percentage was going to Hunter, percentage was going here and percentage was going to the big guy. And he said that the big guy was of course, uh, Joe Biden. And so, and more and more since then has come out about um, the influence peddling operation that then Vice President Joe Biden was allegedly running out of uh, his wing of the um, of the White House, you know, of as being Vice President. So of course there was the uh, infamous, you know, where instance where he's talking about. I think it's the Council of Foreign Relations where he's boasting that he got this uh, prosecutor who is investigating Brisma, his son's company operating in Ukraine. He got the prosecutor fired who was running an investigation on Burisma. He bragged about that. He said, you're not getting, I think it was the billion dollars in this aid uh, if if you do not um, pull this prosecutor that we don't like who happens to be um, investigating Burisma. And so that, you know, they talked about the quid pro quo uh, and the perfect phone call and that specious uh, first impeachment of Donald Trump. And here there's an actual quid pro quo um, on videotape. Uh, you can research that. Uh, Joe Biden quid pro quo. I'm sure you'll find it. Ukraine. And, um, yeah, he, he basically says that now, if you're to suggest any of this was not true, at least at one point, all of everything that we know to be true now about the Hunter Biden laptop, uh, about all of this, um, business dealings that have been alleged. And then you have all of this, uh, uh, suspicious business, uh, banking reports come out, um, all sorts of things and shell companies and money being divvied up from Chinese companies and various companies from other countries um, being divvied up and going through shell companies and like all the hallmarks, speaking of hallmarks, all the hallmarks of a classic money laundering operation. Now, why would you need to go through all of this machinations if you're being on the up and up, why would you have to go through a shell company and that shell company pays a lawyer and that lawyer is responsible for disrupt dispersing the funds through uh, what's said to be several members of the Biden family, uh, uh, Jim Biden, of course, Hunter Biden, uh, Haley Biden. And of course, the big guy, which we know um, we have on good word, is Joe Biden himself. And so, why would you need to do all that? Why would you go through all the trouble to obscure the source of that money if you were on up and up, if you're not doing anything illegal? Because, after all, you know, we know that from like drug runners and money launderers and everything like that, and organized crime, that's how they do it. Um, that's how they, they hide their money, um, their illicit money, and they, you know, they do the money laundering in countries like Cyprus. That uh, That's one of the countries mentioned, that's been mentioned um, with this whistleblower now that, that's come out. And so, but anyway... All this information, at one point at least, was being deemed as misinformation or disinformation. You'd be fact-checked. And so what this person, this senator, wants to do, Bennett, wants to codify this into U.S. law and actually establish basically a ministry of truth for all intents and purposes. And so that is not good news. I don't think the American people will stand for that for one moment. Of course, this legislation 
is going nowhere, particularly with a, a Republican-controlled House. And the Senate, basically 50-50 now, um, or, or more or less evenly split. Uh, they certainly can't get 60 votes. They can't get this through a, a filibuster-proof majority. Um, and even if somehow this met this legislation, this abomination of legislation was managed to get through somehow and be signed, well, of course, we know that uh, President Biden would have no qualms of, about um, signing something, establishing a ministry of truth, as long as he's the one who is in control of the reins of government that gets to control the what the ministry of truth deems to be the truth, okay? And what's mis misinformation and what's disinformation. As long as they're in control, the people who are calling the shots and and are in league and have a compliant media to work with, then, of course, he's going to sign this. But even if he did, this would be shut down immediately uh, by the Supreme Court. Would not, I mean, if this was anything but, you know, this should be a unanimous decision by the Supreme Court. But it's not going to pass anyhow, but... It, it's kind of scary just knowing that there are th people in Congress who even think this way. This this guy, uh, Bennett, and the other guy from Vermont, uh, forgot, forgot his name already, uh, Peter Welch, Democrat from Vermont. So this Digital Platform Commission Act... I think is doomed to fail, uh, and it should fail. It's completely un-American and unconstitutional, but it scares me that at least two senators, two members of the United States Senate, are even proposing this. Um, because obviously, you know, what do they? What do you think they want to do with this? You know, they want to do what they did with the Hunter Biden laptop story. What they did with, you know, talking about the efficacy of masks uh, during the COVID crisis or the uh, the COVID vaccination. We know a lot of that was being deemed misinformation or disinformation. And a lot of it turned out to be true. And more and more evidence began to support the side that was questioning the efficacy of masks and mask mandates and things like that. So remember, at one time, all of that was misinformation or disinformation. And imagine the government having, backed by the power of law, that means they could find people, not just you know say, hey, stop doing this, or hey, Twitter, why don't you make this person go away? You know, shut this person down, shut the story down like they've been doing. They want to go that one extra mile and be able to levy fines and presumably put people in jail for, you know, quote, misinformation and disinformation. So all of this, again, readers of this book will be very familiar with the, what's going on here. Um, it's, it's just mind-blowing. I mean, even today... Even given our dystopia today and what's going on today, um, someone basically calling for a ministry of truth um, is, is just mind-blowing. That they're being so straightforward with what they want to do. And they want to do it, of course, under the guise of protecting us from misinformation and hate speech. Of course, you know, who's going to deem what's hate speech this uh, council that's made up probably primarily of, well, it's going to be all um, Biden appointees. Do you really trust a Biden appointee to do the right thing when it comes to uh, not censoring people and determining what is misinformation and disinformation? That would look at their track record when it came to the Hunter Biden story, a New York Post story. Look at their bad track record when it came to all of this COVID information 
particularly that came out uh, later, uh, suggesting that, that the lockdowns and the masks were mandates were a bad idea. And uh, look at what they did with the crossfire hurricane and the whole Russian collusion hoax. Remember, everybody who spoke out against the Russian collusion hoax was at one time being accused of spreading misinformation and disinformation. Um, so imagine what, what this board would do if given any real power. Um, but thankfully, we have a GOP congr Congress uh, that can keep this, from, this madness from happening. And so you have these two story now, these two stories, you have the one story um, talking a, about the Durham report and saying how the, uh, at best, the FBI allowed themselves to be misled and mislead themselves into following a conclusion and confirmation bias um, they had the conclusion first, and then they backed up, they tried to back, make up the facts, uh, shoehorn the facts to fit their conclusion that uh, Trump was a Russian operative. We know that was all BS all along. And then you have this story about this guy, this senator, and his friend wanted to create basically a ministry of truth straight out of Orwell's. 1984, which is scary, even though it's doomed to fail. This stuff that is, American senators are even willing to back this proposed legislation is totally mind-numbingly scary. And thank God we have something of a functioning Supreme Court. And thank God we have the checks and balances that still remain um, by controlling the the lower house of congress the house of representatives because god what if i mean if these people actually got what they wanted what they would do with that power so i'm going to leave it there for you to ponder um but don't worry um i think we are going to turn a corner and legislation like this is going to go nowhere. But it is scary that it even occurs. So that is, uh, we're going to leave it there for now. We're probably going to pick up this some more later, I'm sure, at some other broadcast, uh, some other podcast in the future. Um, but until then, I want to thank you for watching and listening, following on Spotify and watching on Spotify and Rumble and following Liberty Relearned at LR Podcast on Getter. And maybe one day you'll be able to follow me, JP Mac, again on Parlor. Uh, not looking very good on that front. But anyhow, uh, thank you for watching and listening. And of course, uh, don't forget Facebook and don't forget, of course, LibertyRelearned.com online so thank you very much and until next time stay healthy happy and free